0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Kansas City and the 2023 NFL Draft. With the 19th pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Elijah Canty.
1: We can't wait to see you, and uh, we're, we are pumped.
0: Yeah, man. I can't wait to get to work. Got that call, and it was just life changing. I'm ready to get organization, everything I got.
1: Cody, mouth.
0: I go out there, I uh, get the job done, and I just have fun doing it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, this is Jason Light in Tampa. We're about to make you a buck. I got a good one, coach. I'm telling you. Hey, Payne. This is Jason Light. here Hey, Josh. Jose, you're about to watch your name go up. We are about to make a pick here. We're going to make you a, a buck.
1: We're excited about the guys that we've selected the last three days. We just tried to draft good players that were good kids. My mama's gonna love this. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Red Matthew. Joined alongside me. My good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Mr. Evan Wanish. Today, we will recap the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2023 NFL Draft Class and basically give out some grades on how we think Jason Light and the rest of that front office did, evaluating talent, acquiring said talent, and uh, ultimately just how useful these guys are going to be to the franchise come week one of the 2023 NFL season. But before we dive into all of that, Evan, how you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Uh it, it's crazy that the draft is already over. I know I mentioned that it sort of cr- uh snuck up on us and but as soon as it sneaks up on you, it's gone like that. So, uh it is a fun 3 days, but it is a quick 3 days and now, you know, already looking forward to next year, but we got to, you know, a lot, a lot to do b- b- between now and then. Um so yeah, it was, it was fun and uh, ready to review these Bucks draft picks.
1: Yeah, an action-packed three days of picks for Tampa Bay. We'll mm. obviously get into more detail here over the next hour or so, but now we officially enter what is known as uh, the dead period, <laughs> if you will. So between now and training camp, there really isn't going to be a whole lot of NFL news or developments. There is a, a, a second wave of free agency, if you will, so maybe we'll get some updates on uh, – you know, some signings here and there as the Buccaneers ultimately look to pad out the rest of this team. But today we're going to focus on the draft picks and we'll kick things off with round number one, 19th overall. Defensive lineman from Pittsburgh, the Bucks drafted Kalijah Cansey. Now, a surprising name in Kalijah Kansi, because this was not someone that a lot of people were talking about before the draft and, and mocking him as a fit to the Bucs. Uh, but when you look at what he potentially brings to the table, you can understand exactly why Jason Light drafted this guy. Explosive first step at the, at the three-tech position. Some fairly impressive pass rush prowess for an interior D lineman. 2022 ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, six one two eighty one. 281, kind of seen him compared to... To Aaron Donald and and Warren Sapp, um, that's not really fair. Can we stop? <laughs> to, to be honest, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like like names like that are obviously going to uh, to get a lot well, of then- clicks on the headlines when you draw comparisons. But I, I mean, it is way too early to tell. Measurables, sure. He's he's probably like an undersized Warren Sapp. But aside from that, I, I don't know how we can sit here and uh, compare this guy to Sapp and Aaron Donald. I've even heard, like, John Randall in there as yeah, well. Yeah, that's the other uh, one. Yeah. I, I'm excited about what he brings to the table. Don't get me wrong. This doesn't mean I don't like the pick. I do think, though, the comparisons may just be a
0: tad overboard uh, here in the uh, in the early going. Yeah, can, can we stop? Can, can we stop comparing him to some of the greatest defensive linemen in the history of the NFL? Like, hasn't played a snap yet. So, measurables-wise, sure. Um, and, and
1: no disrespect to Kalijah Cansey, obviously, no, absolutely ball. not. He very, very
0: well could yeah. be. You hey, know, like, he's a damn good football player.
1: He's a damn good football player. I'll say that. I like him as a football player. I like the pick. I like that the Bucks went trenches here. This is what I was hoping they could have done. Obviously, I know we talked a little bit about a, a quarterback situation, some other players they could have looked at with nineteen. But I'm glad they went trenches, and and I like what this guy brings to the table because. We've said it for weeks. They need to get younger at defensive line. And uh, especially at the interior, this is this is solid reinforcements because, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of left wondering what kind of impact Logan Hall's going to have this year. Uh, is Will Golston going to be back? You know you still have Vita Veya and obviously gains now in the equation as well. But, you know, this is another rotational guy who, who has a lot of great upside.
0: Yeah, you mentioned uh, two things. One was a word and one was kind of a... A statement, the word being explosive, and, and I think that's a that's a theme, not just for this pick, but for Tampa Bay and the draft overall. I think we know they wanted to get more uh, speed in, on the team; they wanted to be more explosive. I think they did just that, and we'll, we'll talk about the rest of the picks later. But the other thing you mentioned was kind of be, this pick being a surprise and and sort of unexpected, and one of the most interesting things to me, and I I forget where I read this, but I believe it, it's it's an actual stat. Um, the Buccaneers did not draft a single player that they had a top 30 visit with. They met with a few of them at the combine, but an official top 30 visit to Tampa, they did not draft a single player. So they, they really kept their cards close to the vest here. And obviously, yeah, Kalijah can the pick. There's a few other players on the board, Anton Harrison, who we had talked about extensively before the draft. Um, the left tackle from Oklahoma ended up going a few picks later to Jacksonville. Obviously, the big one was uh Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. He was falling. He was free falling. And I thought, honestly, I'm not going to lie, full transparency, I-, I thought there was a real chance that 19th overall would have been Will Levis. Uh, I thought there was a serious chance. I, just th- I didn't think he was going to fall. And when he did, I was like, man, like they might pick him. And and then the other name was uh, Georgia's uh, Nolan Smith, who obviously went to Philadelphia uh, because they just love collecting Georgia Bulldogs. But um, th- those those three were on the board, and I figured one of those three would be the pick. So, yeah, it was a surprise that Cancy was the pick. He is undersized, and, and that's one of the reasons I didn't think he would be of interest to them because typically in a Todd Bowles defense, you don't see those undersized linemen too much. Um, you don't see them smaller guys on the interior, but I think the Bucks and Todd Bowles know that they need to make some sacrifices and evolve some things and change some things if they're going to get more explosive. And they, I mean, Bruce Arians, before he retired last year, was mentioning at the Combine how they needed to get more rush from the interior. They needed to get more pass rush. They were good at stopping the run. They weren't good enough to stop the the pass. And that's one of the reasons I think that they lost to the Rams in that divisional round game. Uh, They could not get an interior pass rush. Obviously, it's a year late, but a guy like Kalaja Cansey, I think, will help with that eventually. Um, he's not a finished product, but I think he's a player who can make an impact immediately and hopefully turn into a a plus starter. Will he turn into a Hall of Famer? I don't know. Like, probably, likely not, because like that's that's impossible to predict. Um, but will can he be a really really good player and a and a staple on this defensive line for years to come? Yeah, like I, I think he could. So while it was a surprise pick, Canty was somebody I liked. It's just not somebody I thought the Bucks would be, and and that was more of the surprise rather than like they went with that guy. Like it wasn't really that type of surprise. It was a whoa like Canty, wow, uh, so good pick. Um, I, you know, we're also going to be grading each pick. um, So as as they came in, so uh, do you want to do the grades now or do we want to do individual or? No, we'll do it
1: now. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll go. We'll go ahead and give our grade for the canty pick. Uh, I'll give it a B plus. I like what he can bring to the table. I think the upside is legitimate, a little undersized. And like you said, kind of a surprise pick that we didn't entirely see coming. Um, but I like it, you know. I think he is a guy who can come in week one and have an impact along this defensive line. They they've been getting younger, and they're going to invest in this young talent. So between him, uh, Logan Hall, you know, Greg Gaines, Vita Vea, maybe Will Golston if he's back in twenty twenty three. Hopefully, we can see some more production out of this interior defensive line. Um, because I have to believe that there is much more upside for Kansas here than there is, you know, some of the stopgap DTS we have had. These last couple of years in regards to getting after the quarterback.
0: And, you know, the interesting thing is, I think this allows Logan Hall to be in a different spot in his defense. And a lot of people have had questions now with this Kansi pick. I mean, it's a first round pick after you invested the second round pick in Logan Hall. And, and that's and what so, I was
1: going to ask you. I mean, this mm-hmm. is maybe an odd way to put it. But if you had to guess, uh, who sees the field more in 2023? Just based off of snaps alone. Do you think it's going to be Kansi? Do you think it'll be Hall? Or do you think they ultimately wind up playing? Uh, about the same.
0: I think it might be about the same. I, I think you're going to see the starting interior be Vita Vea with Canty and Logan Hall sort of on his side uh, with Greg Gaines rotating in from now on. And again, uh, I, I think Hall might take more of the will Golston role now. now. Um, that's, you know, being less asked of him as a pass rusher. I think Canty and Vita Vea will probably be asked a bit more to rush the passer. Uh is a guy who he might not. That's, and this is the drawback on him. Uh, this is one of the drawbacks. Right now, as it stands in his rookie season, he may not be a three-down player. He may be more of a two-down player, more of a second and third down guy rather than first down, because he's gonna get beat up in the run game a little bit. Like there are gonna be times this season when it's gonna be a little ugly, like, oh man, like they they really you know, they really opened up that hole on his side because that line was just able to push him around. It's going to happen a little bit, so that's what I think he'll be limited in. Uh, I think they play about the same, so I don't think Logan Hall's role on this team has diminished. I, I still like Logan Hall. Was it a pedestrian rookie season? Yeah, it was, but I think they still like him, uh, and I, I think they want to see him develop a little bit more. As for a grade, I'm going to go with an A minus. Uh, I I like the player. Um, I, I like the player. I think it's, uh, you know what they need in my mock draft. I know I only have re- re- ten on here, uh, but in my mock draft, I actually had Canty going 18th to the Lions uh, right before the Bucks pick, so he ends up going 19th here. So I had his range about right, uh, to just not the team. But um, I, I thought it was a good selection, albeit a surprise, but but still a good selection. That I think fills a need for now and the future so that, that that's the bonus we've
1: well, got a trade here in round two for tampa bay they moved up two spots and gave up a sixth round pick uh to get 48th overall and they took north dakota state offensive lineman cody mock this is of course they did <laughs> i mean this is my favorite pick of the draft maybe i'm a little bit biased you know clearly the buccaneers have a type now with another long-haired ginger along that offensive line. Uh, I mean, they're going
0: to draft you next.
1: That's what I'm telling you. Listen, (laughs) if context clues or anything, what I know right now is that I need to go ahead and suit up and get out there. I I think (laughs) I need to spend this dead period that we had mentioned uh, between now and the start of training camp. Might have to dial back the coverage a little bit, but I'm going to get in shape, and I'm going to go try and walk on. Uh, Here come training camp. I'm going to see if I can get out there get an opportunity for myself. I I think – I think the odds are in my favor again. I'm not quite as, I'm not quite as what position did you play in high school? I was a center. Perfect. I know I'm telling you, I'm telling you get me, get me in there for that guard spot. I mean, I probably, I probably can't play tackle. I don't think I have the height, but you like a short center and uh, I'm right around six foot even. You know, so put on a little bit of weight, get me in a weight room, man. I'll oh I'll be in there yucking it no up. Pro- with the boys. You you
0: will you're gonna have to grow the hair out a little bit. Yeah. Later. yeah.
1: Obviously gonna have to embrace the shag here. We're kind of in an awkward period. I was gonna see my barber this week, but things had to change. But l- let's talk about this pick. So is it is it Cody Mock? Is it Cody Malk? I I think it's Mock. I thought it was Mock as well. I I wasn't sure if I had heard any other pronunciation. So until and I know for otherwise. for
0: right now it it'll be it'll be Mock.
1: Well, let's talk about
0: Mr. Mock, man. This it's is actually, It's actually it's funny. I was on real quick. I was on yeah. Bucks Nations uh Mr. Bucks Nations uh live stream when the pick happened and the chat came up with two. They came up with Mock Lesnar, <laughs> and they came up with a tooth aggression.
1: Toothless aggression. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like that one, man.
1: I'm a big (laughs) fan of it. But when you look at this guy, um, obviously he fits the mold of an offensive lineman. And if you know how Jason Light likes his O lineman, you know that he fits the mold even more. He likes those small school, big, ugly guys, And, and that's exactly what he is, man. Out of North Dakota State, he's got a little bit of a nastiness to his game, and obviously he can learn to take that to the next level playing behind a guy like Ryan Jensen. You know, the the more the merrier as far as Pissing off the other team, um, so I'm excited at what he can bring to the table. He he seems like a good spirited guy, right? I mean, I know that you have to have a level of nastiness in the NFL, and maybe he'll get a reality check first few weeks of the league. He'll realize not everybody's as nice as they were in college, but you know, he's just a guy who, who he's just a football player. He's just a football player. Uh, lost his two front teeth, I believe, his junior year of high school in a conference championship basketball
0: game. Basketball, yep.
1: Yeah, and it, it never looked back. Um, this is a guy he, who's he, he also. Went,
0: went to North Dakota State as a tight end.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Walked on as a tight end. And my favorite thing about it is that comparison picture of the freshman yeah. year where he walks on with that little Ron Weasley haircut. And by the end of it, he's a big, beautiful, grown offensive lineman. But, um, Played mostly left tackle at North Dakota State, if I am not mistaken. Uh, Probably measures out as a guard in the NFL, but he, he is going to be a guy who's going to come in right away and compete for a starting guard job. And we can talk a little bit more about the offensive line with this pick as well, because it is officially being reported by Pewter Report that Tristan Wirfs is making the jump to left tackle, and the plan is for Luke Gedeke to have a chance to start at right tackle. So both of those guard spots are obviously going to be wide open for the taking. We'll see which one uh, Mock ends up in if he wins that job. But he's going to have just as much a chance as anyone else to come in here and, and stake his claim. And I'm excited for it. High-energy player, good attitude guy, and um, he's going to be learning from from some really good teammates along that O-line.
0: Yeah, and the interesting thing now that you're going to look at in training camp is the battle along the interior offensive line. Uh, you have Cody Mock. You have Robert Haynesy, You have Nick Leverett. You have Aaron Stinney and you have uh Matt Filer. So, uh, and I know Matt Filer can play right tackle a little bit, but um, if they do keep Lou get at right tackle, you have to imagine a Filer could be in that mix for the guard spot. So that's four or five guys for two spots. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all shapes out. And, and yeah, I mean, Cody mock is absolutely a Buccaneers draft pick a Jason light draft pick because I mean, all you do is look at the guy and, um, but and, and we'll see what happens. Will there be growing pains? I think so. Uh, you know, Ali Marpet coming out of Hobart was a day one starter, was a good day one starter. That's again, just like we, we talked about with Tristan Wirth's, his rookie season. That for Ali Marpet, that was the exception, not the norm. And I know we're saying that a lot on this show in the past few weeks, but it's just trying to temper some expectations for some guys here. Because for as many, uh, are yeah, Ali Marpet's great year one. Lou Getteke's and it was in a similar spot. Played right tackle in college at a small school, transitioned to guard in the NFL. We saw how that went in his rookie season. Alex Kappa, the same thing. Played tackle in college at a small school, transitioned to guard, and honestly. Was kind of underwhelming his first two seasons in the NFL. Like it wasn't until about year three of you know, it, that Super Bowl year that he came into his own as a quality starting yeah, it, guard. And that's where he made his money. You know what yes. I mean? Left Tampa Bay, got
1: that big money contract in Cincinnati, playing the guard position. Like it's just, that's just how it happens for some of
0: these guys. Yeah. So, so it might take some time for Cody Mock to get adjusted. And that's okay. And that's okay partially because, uh, I, I mean, we've talked about it before. Look, the, the Bucs aren't winning a Super Bowl this year. Like, their they're winning window for winning a Super Bowl, that window's closed right now. So you can kind of afford the growing pains of Cody Mock maybe struggling a little bit at times because it's not as imperative to... Um, I'm not saying it's not as imperative to protect the quarterback, but it's a little different when it's Tom Brady versus when it's Baker, Mayfield, or Kyle Trask. It's a little different when the expectations are win the division versus see what the young guys can do. That's different expectations there. So I like the mock pick. Um, It is unlike the can one. This was not surprising. They clearly liked them enough. And they thought somebody was going to grab them because they traded up two spots to get them gave up one of their many six that they had. So I'm going to give this one a B plus.
1: Okay. I will give it an A. Uh, I guess we'll kind of swap our picks from before. I gave Canty a B plus. I think you gave him an A minus. but A minus, yeah. Yeah. I I like the mock pick. Like I said, that's my favorite pick of the draft. So I'll, I'll go ahead and give it an A. Let's go to the third round here. 82nd overall, Louisville edge rusher. Yaya Diaby. Did I say that correctly?
0: Yeah, 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 y- Yaya Diaby.
1: Diaby, there it is. So, you wrap up day 2 with a pick that again kind of like Kalijah cansie, a guy that I didn't see a lot of people talking about. I, I you know what, I will say that I saw his name dropped a couple of times.
0: Shout out to Pew Report. They yeah. they've been on Diaby to the Bucks for a little bit
1: now. Yeah. And um you know, 2022 had a pretty good season. I think he had nine or ten sacks for Louisville, which was pretty nine, damn good.
0: nine Nine after having won in the previous three seasons. Yeah.
1: Um, nine sacks in a year is, is is pretty good. And the measurables this guy has definitely follow that trend of explosiveness that we just talked about with Kalijah Cansey. I mean, he is 6'3", 263, and ran like a 4'5", 40-yard dash. Yep. Like, yeah. like pretty, Freak. pretty, pretty freakishly athletic. Um, a, a couple of pro comparisons i had heard more than one person said he reminded them of jason pierre paul um it, you know maybe seems like a bit of a reach but obviously if this guy can harness that potential uh he has the athleticism and he has the length to maybe go out there and be a, a big game edge rusher here for the bucks over the next few years but i i don't i don't know um nothing against the player obviously but i, I did feel a little underwhelmed with this pick
0: this was the one it, it felt like a tad bit of a reach and, and here's why i i think the front office's mind might have been you like this guy enough he's here and you don't have a fourth round pick so if you're not going to take him here you're not getting him because he's not lasting until the fifth round he was likely going to be a, a pretty early fourth round pick i think so uh, early to mid fourth round pick so Instead of taking your chances, just go ahead and grab them. Now, I even mentioned, and it's actually funny that we're doing the grades because if you go over to BucksNation.com, I have also graded a little bit more uh, in a written sense, per se. Uh, I've graded each Bucks draft pick as well. But I, I mentioned that it would have been ideal, I think, to maybe move down four or five spots, pick up an extra pick, but I don't know if that was an option. Like, we don't know. We weren't in that room. That that There may have not been any takers for that draft pick. So if you're sitting there and you like the guy enough, take him. That being said, it still did feel like a reach. Is he – I think he has the potential to be – not really maybe a 10-sack guy, but I think he's a guy that could be in a rotation that gets you six, seven sacks a season because of the athlete he is. And like you said, the freak ability at 6'3", 263, to run a 2, uh, two five, that'd be really nice, uh, to, to, to run a 4 5 uh, four five one, I think officially, 40-yard dash. That's incredible. Like, and I, I get the Jason Pierre Paul thing. I think Diaby might actually be a little bit more explosive, um, like a little more quick off, off the ball uh than Pierre Paul was in his prime. So um I, I think they are different players, but I I do think it was a, a slight reach. So if you want to give your grade for it, I figure we could go, we could alternate who gives out first grades. So I I, I liked it. But it felt like the value here wasn't the same as the first two with Kansi and mock.
1: Yeah, uh again, nothing against the player excited to see what kind of potential he can uh he can obviously play himself up into. but as of right now, the way that this pick leaves me feeling is uh c plus.
0: And I also have a C plus uh on, on, on Yaya Diaby. So uh, like I said, shout out to Pewter Report. They've been on Yaya Diaby for a little bit, um even go back to the senior bowl, I think. So um, or I, I think and I think it was the combine where he was like telling reporters, he was like, No, just wait till I get out there. Just like wait till right, I get right. out there. And have you watched like the the draft call things? Uh, where like the bucks are calling the prospects when they call yaya he's like hey you guys got to go one so like i like that he he oozes confidence like mm-hmm. he oozes confidence in himself and that's a good thing um so you know i think if he turns into a jason pierre paul it's a freaking a plus draft pick because yeah. i mean that's that's a great player there especially in the third round but uh we will see and and i think again though he's a player that can make an impact now and in the future obviously now would be in more, a little bit more of a limited role but hey uh, they 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 needed they needed more depth on, on the edge. And I think they seriously considered Nolan Smith in the first round. I think if Canty wasn't there, I think Nolan Smith might have been their pick. So um, they need an edge rusher, and, and they found him here.
1: Yeah, we, we talked a lot about value over the course of the offseason leading up into the draft and now after the draft. We continue that same conversation. Uh, but for a Bucks team that's been getting younger just about everywhere, the biggest thing that I like about this draft is, is all the guys you can take away and basically write them off as a day one contributor. You know what I mean? This is a guy who can come into the lineup, whether it's as a rotational player or not, and he can help the team out in one way or another. We'll we'll talk about some other draft picks here in a second that may not be just on defense. Um, But you know, that's, that's what you like to see for a team that's getting younger relying on more talent and obviously not throwing around money the way that they have been the last three years to, to field a, a team.
0: Oh, and also the the first three picks here, we got de- defensive line, offensive line and pass rusher really the first time in the Jason light era that the Buccaneers have spent three straight, like not just three straight picks but their first three picks all on basically trench play. So yeah. clearly something that they, they heavily prioritized.
1: Yeah. And, and I will say that, you know, for the reactionary fans who were kind of getting upset, like I don't know if you saw that on social media too, but it, it seemed like as the picks would go on, you know, round two, round three, round four, or I'm sorry, no round four, but round five goes by and, and the Bucks haven't drafted any flashy running backs or new wide receivers. You know, people were kind of getting upset. But the fact of the matter is like the NFL draft, we really don't know how these guys are going to do. You know what I mean? So it, it, it seems, nobody does.
0: It it it's, a it
1: seems to <laughs> me it seems incredibly short sighted to get hung up on like oh man I really wish we got this player when you ultimately don't know how he's going to play out. Um, you know, for the longest time we always got to hear about Vita Vea, Derwin James, and and not getting Dalvin Cook and things like that. It was easier to say that when Dalvin Cook ended up being one of the best running backs in the NFL for a little while. But even then, I think most people are are I guess have just accepted it by now. But it is what yeah. it is. I, I don't think there's any use in getting upset that the Bucs didn't get one guy. And for like, it you know,
0: like Derwin James is a great player, fantastic player. So is Vita Vea. Like, it's OK. Yeah. Like, it, it. it's it's fine, you know, and I think that still had to do with some of like, you know, what school you went to and stuff. Right. But, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we've seen well, it
1: happen before. Derwin
0: James has Derwin James has zero Super Bowl rings and Vita Vea has one. So there you go, buddy.
1: All right, so let's get into round five here. Some more defensive help for the Bucks, And uh, we talked a lot a week ago about potentially looking to fill out this linebacker depth chart. And uh, they look to do that here with the 153rd overall pick. The Bucks went back to Pittsburgh and they got linebacker
0: Servosier, Servosier, Servosier,
1: something like that. Servosier, Denise, Dennis. Dennis, yeah, Dennis. That, that's the easy one, yeah. Yeah, Dennis with the two ends there. His, his, his nickname is Vossi, so okay. you can call him Vossi if you want. All right, well, Vossi was a captain for the Pittsburgh Panthers last year, had seven sacks in a season, so Kalijah Kansi was obviously wrecking shop, and this guy was doing a pretty damn good job, too. Um, you know, I, I think... It's probably unfair to expect him to get a lot of defensive reps, especially that rookie season. Uh, Devin White going to be playing his ass off more than likely trying to get paid. And Levante David just got paid, so he's going to be your starter on the other side. Uh, So for Dennis, you have to assume he's going to be much more of a special teams, maybe rotational backup guy at most this first season or two. Um, So what are your expectations for a player like this?
0: Yeah, I, I think you you hit the nail on the head there. Um right now I think he can make an immediate impact on special teams. But I also think, you know, he's gonna battle KJ Britt for that third linebacker spot. I mean, there's not still not a lot of depth in Tampa Bay behind Devin White Levante David right now. So if one of them guys go down, the Bucks are kind of screwed. So uh especially if it's a long term thing and, and even like next year. Devin White, Levante David are both free agents. They are not on the 2024 roster right now. So um, who knows what's going to happen? Levante David could very well en- end up hanging him up. Uh, and Devin White could be gone. Like he could be you know, traded at the trade deadline if things aren't going well during the season. He could be just not resigned. He could move on to you know greener pastures. Um, so I-, I think the Bucks needed more linebacker depth. And, again, it's tough when your first pick on day three is in the middle of the fifth round uh, because you're, you're waiting a long time and you're seeing a lot of talent come off the board. Zervasio um, so Dennis is a player who, again, is explosive. He's got good uh, sideline and sideline speed. Uh a sure tackler, um, pretty good a pretty good tackler. gets his hands uh you know, is able to wrap up guys pretty good, uh, which is something the Bucks have struggled with, uh, especially you know, with Devin White at times in the linebacker position. And even Levante David at times last year wasn't the the sure tackler um at times that some people, you know, really remember him. And um, so I think Savasia Dennis, while you know, I wouldn't expect a a you know, a gangbuster rookie season. Uh, I think he's, again, a player that can contribute in some way in 2023. And that's especially in the fifth round. I mean, that that's what you're looking for there. So I think KJ Britt just got some competition uh, for, for that third linebacker spot. And uh, Sarosia so Dennis, who, uh, like you mentioned, was a captain, is a natural leader. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that battle plays out. So, for a grade, uh, I gave this a B. I thought it was about the right range, um, and I, I thought it was decent value. The you know uh, the right position. I thought they needed a linebacker, and, and I'm fine with the player. So, uh, uh, yeah, a solid B.
1: I give it a B minus. Um, again, nothing against the player. Not the best situation to be in as far as looking at you know, being a day one starter for this team, but I like that. He does bring another layer of depth, uh, depth to the linebacker position. He's a guy that you can plug into special teams. You can get more reps that way. But um, ultimately, you know, if we see him getting a lot of reps on defense in 2023, something has gone horribly wrong. Yes. So, yes. Uh, so with that being said, um, I like what he brings to the table, but again, I, I give it a B minus here just to, just to, just to have a different grade than Evan does here. So, Let's get into round five here. Another trade for Tampa Bay swapped picks with L.A. and moved up to get Purdue, tight end, Payne, Durham. Now, something that this Buccaneers tight end room lacked in 2022, I mean, hell, something this Buccaneers offense lacked in 2022 was a presence in the red zone. Um, That's an understatement. Yeah. I I mean, a team that could get all the way down to the five-yard line and somehow only come away with three points when you have the weapons that you did, or I guess the lack of weapons that they did. Kate Otten was really the only stud tight end they had last year. Cam Breit was a shell of him, former self, had some uh, injuries down the stretch of the season. Co-Keefe made some plays, but come on, Co-Keefe is not going to be your big red zone threat tight end.
0: Yeah, Um, and Kyle Rudolph was cooked. so.
1: Yeah, I totally forgot about Kyle Rudolph, just another name that uh, came and went in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. But Payne Durham is hopefully going to be that solution for the Buccaneers' red zone woes. This guy had eight touchdowns his final season at Purdue. Um, I believe played three seasons at tight end and had like 21 touchdowns.
0: Had 21 touchdowns, yes. Yeah,
1: but a monster final year as a boiler maker and uh it seems like pretty good value for the bucks right here in the draft as well i know they had to move up to get him, so they wanted to make sure they secured their guy but i, I do like the pick
0: yeah this is this was the one pick that i think you could say isn't come doesn't come with the term explosive uh durham the one of the reasons he fell was he's not the best athlete he's not gonna blow you away he's not really gonna give you anything after the catch um there's a lot like kate otten in a way but he's got soft hands he, he's a you know if the ball hits his hands he's gonna catch it honestly he's he's kind of like a younger Cam Bright. like if you remember bray in 2016 2017 stuff like that i think that's what the player he could turn out to be yeah, he, he um, was never
1: right. cam bright in his prime was never the most athletic guy on the field ever he just when he was open, he caught it, and and that's how he gained a reputation as a safe target for Jameis Winston at the time. And uh, obviously, a, a lot of fans grew to love him for a long time. He was dependable.
0: Yes, and I, I think that's what Payne Durham could be. So, um, you know, he's got a, a pr- pretty, you know, pretty low ceiling, but a pretty high floor. Uh, I think you you know what you're going to get with him. So I thought this was a solid pick. Again, it's something the Buccaneers identifying a player that they like. Going up and getting him in Durham, and now they have a reworked tight end room with very young talent. You got Kate Otten, Payne Durham, and Cokeefe now. Um, young, it's it's it, it's young, and uh, I think Kate Otten, obviously, he's pro- most likely your starter, but I think Payne Durham could turn out to be a, a very good tight end too. So, um, yeah, I like I said, I, I like the pick, I knew he's a player that the Bucks were looking at, um, and it was a good fit on day three. I, I mentioned I think this was the spot for a tight end. I had meant people that mentioned a uh, day two tight end. I thought that was a little bit early. So I was certainly fine with this.
1: Yeah, I think it's good value for the pick. Um the guy obviously showed that he has some uh some good hands to work on, so so we'll see what happens, obviously, here at the next level. But a much more realistic tight end two option than co Keefe would have been for the Bucks in twenty twenty three. Excited to see what he can bring to the table. I like the pick, I'll give it a B. Um, hopefully he can, he can stay consistent and become someone that either Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield can look for here in the coming season. Let's get down to round six. One. Whoa whoa, 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 whoa. I haven't given whoa, my grade whoa. yet. Whoa. I
0: haven't given my grade yet. Hang oh, on, I thought you on. did. I'm sorry, buddy. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. It, was, it was your turn to go first. Now it's my turn. All right. My my grade anyway, my long anticipated grade is a is a B plus. Um I think it's just it's good value here in the fifth round. I thought he might have gone a little bit earlier, so I think it's a solid value here. righty, round
1: six, one eighty one overall. We get a defensive back here from Kansas State. This is Josh Hayes. So obviously uh Scott Reynolds from Pewter Report gonna be pretty plugged in with the type of player Hayes is, like you said, big K State guy. But uh, the nephew of late former Bucks linebacker Geno Hayes was the selection for Tampa Bay in the sixth round. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Josh Hayes as a player. I'll be transparent with you. I don't know what the value was for a guy like this in the sixth round. I don't know if it was a reach for the Bucs. I don't know if it was good value for the Bucks. Um, But I do know that he is versatile, right? He has been... Yeah praised for being versatile and i've talked a lot before here on the pod especially over the last few weeks about how for any of these guys coming in looking for a role on this team where there may already be a stacked position group uh versatility availability is the best ability so hopefully you can bring something like that to the table but you know where does a josh hayes fit into this buccaneers defense and and does it happen week one
0: yeah, well, it's an interesting story here on Hayes. He actually he he played corner at North Dakota State, where he was teammates with Cody Mock. Um, and then he transferred to Kansas State, where they moved him to safety. So that's where his versatility comes in. He could play corner or safety. Figures to be in the mix for for a nickel job. Uh, and that if he's gonna if he's gonna see the field day one, it's gonna be in the nickel. The thing is, like I didn't even know a lot about him. Like and. You know, I'm not a draft guru, but, like, I I pride myself on knowing a good bit of names, and I didn't know a ton about Josh Hayes. So, uh, he was overlooked. I mean, obviously, Felix Anaduke Uzama was on the Kansas State defense, as was Julius Brents. Both of them went in the first, I think, two rounds of the draft. So, um, he was overlooked there. This one one felt like a pretty massive reach to me, Uh, just... You know, a player that at this spot, did you really need to grab him here? Could he been an undrafted free agent? Maybe. But at the same time, like, Cook, might have been an undrafted free agent. Like, you know, when, when you get to this late in day three, you're kind of looking to draft guys that maybe you don't want to compete with to try and sign as an undrafted free agent. So you just take him and he's yours. Um, But. Yeah, as for Hayes, it's a cool story with being you know being the nephew of Geno Hayes, and he will bring versatility. I just don't know if he's gonna be able. I mean, this is a sixth round pick. Like, I don't know if he's gonna be able to hold up in the nickel against some of the best slot receivers in the NFL. So, I think it's gonna be a slow burn with him if he does develop into something. Hopefully, he's able to contribute on special teams day one. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think it's gonna be pretty much Zion McCollum versus Josh Hayes for that for that nickel spot. And then if there's an injury at in the safety room, um, you know, he could slide back there.
1: It'll be interesting to see it play out. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot um, forgot to give my grade. Yeah, how about you go ahead grade. and give your grade? Yeah. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna stomp <laughs> on you here.
0: The floor is yours. Um, this this great, and again, it's nothing about the player. Like it, it's it's nothing personal. It's nothing about the player. I just I I gave it a D plus. Um, stiff. It, it it's about the value. I just I I a player like this felt like you could have got him a little bit later than you did. Yeah, I, I will give it a C. Um,
1: I, I'll give it a C just because again, I, I didn't know a ton about this guy before the draft. I don't feel like I know very much more now um obviously saw a little bit of highlights but you know it'll be interesting to see what happens as far as his ability to come in and contribute day one uh, at most it seems like a, a rotational special teams guy you know someone who's going to be fighting for that last corner spot in camp probably not going to get it probably going to which you know in in
0: in, in the six rounds fine like like that that's fine it's just don't ask him to come in and be the day one starting nickel because that might not go very well
1: and that's the thing too as far as tempering expectations for these late round guys it's easy to forget when you get caught up in all the talent that comes to the team and and finding good value because i know this next pick uh that we talk about you're gonna pop on but you know, it's one of those things where if you can temper expectations and keep them somewhat realistic for for the most likely scenario for a sixth round draft pick in the NFL, you know, it's just it, it's like you said, it's going to be a slow burn. And uh, it is realistic to expect these guys to to maybe not come in and, and light the world on fire right away. So that will affect his grade. Um, so I'll give him a C, Evan, Mr. Stiff over there, D plus. So let's get into round six.
0: An- another trade up.
1: Another trade up.
0: Another guy that the Buccaneers like at one ninety one overall. And this time it was it was a steep price because gave up a twenty twenty four fifth round pick, which at the time I thought was an overpayment, but I didn't realize. I thought they were swapping picks with the Eagles and giving up the fourth or fifth, and I was like, okay, they get the keep. It. Okay, it's better. Steep price, but I think it's gonna be worth it.
1: I, I, listen. Listen, the last time we got this hype about a late round wide receiver, it was Jalen Darden. Where are we now? Well, that's every year. Jason like does this to me. Every year. <laughs> right, right, right. So he you're, just, you're, he, he th- and that's he. why I knew, that's <laughs> why I knew you were going to like this guy so much. As soon as they drafted him, I'm like, dude, I bet you Evan's going to be like, that's the best pick of the draft. It is. Is it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite pick of the draft. All right. Uh, Nebraska wide receiver Trey Palmer. He had a monster season at Nebraska last year, over a thousand yards. Um, I kind of thought this guy would be would would not be there by 191. Yeah. To be honest. Should shouldn't
0: have been. Um, he was probably a day three pick, but like should have been gone by the end of the fifth round. Yeah. I, I mean pretty good value. And for the
1: Bucks, realistically, you know, we follow the pattern of speed, four three, three, forty yard dash, and and honestly, a guy who I know he's a six round pick and I know we gotta get through camp, but this is a guy who can come in and compete right away with Devin Tompkins for that fourth wide receiver spot.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I think, like I said, I mentioned this on the pre-draft show that, like, their fourth wide receiver on the depth chart was Devin Tompkins. Like, yeah. I expected them to add a receiver here at some point, and, oh, what a perfect pick. Like, like <laughs> Trey Palmer just, Jason Light does this to me, man. He just, he does it. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, I, he it's like he bugs he knows my you. brain. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, you. he knows me too yeah. well. You guys, I mean, we're don't talking have to, about You don't
1: have to play it cool. You guys are boys. Like,
0: like we're, we're, we're talking about, well, I might actually, yeah, I might be in that front office. Only, <laughs> he only calls me when he needs to draft a receiver. And I'm like, oh, get this guy. Um, but, like, I mean, Chris Godwin in, in the third. Uh, Tyler Johnson in the fifth. Yeah. Jalen Darden in the fourth. I mean, come on. Like, these are my guys. Like, These are my guys, and if he wasn't going to get Parker Washington from Penn State, the other guy I wanted was Trey Palmer, and he gets it done from his alma mater, Nebraska. So I'm pretty pumped about that uh I mean good size and with the size I mean great speed too I mean to get a guy like that was at LSU it was a crowded wide receiver room I mean you got Jamar Chase uh Keishon Butte. I mean obviously we know what Chase is and and Butte was a draft pick as well uh pretty crowded wide receiver room so um you know and and I don't believe over also overlap with Justin Jefferson, so um, pretty crowded wide receiver room there, uh, and transferred to Nebraska and it showed off again that explosiveness. And again, there's a reason that he fell to the six, so like don't expect this guy to come in and be a pro bowl or near one, even though I may have some some thoughts that he might be. But um, <laughs> are, are, uh, you, are you saying right now he's your breakout player of the year in 2023? He, he, he might be, he, he <laughs> might, then, maybe not, maybe not breakout player, but he. He might be rookie of the year. You he got it right.
1: A, you got it right last year, though. I, I did. I'm Pretty J- sure. Jamal Dean. Into,
0: yeah, Jamel Dean was your guy. Yep. Yep. So keep an eye on, on who I picked this year. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Season prediction show coming probably in August. Yeah, uh, or The, a the schedule's coming away. out soon.
1: Hey, yeah. uh, by the way, I had seen just for anyone keeping track. Um, I believe May 11th is the, not the official su- date, but it's a targeted. Yeah, day. the yeah. supposed targeted date. So in on around May 11th. Uh, we should get an official NFL schedule, so we'll definitely be
0: doing a show for that as well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Trey Palmer, the pick here, love it. I mean, love it, love it, love it. It's it, it's perfect. It it really is. Um, and I I think you know you hate to sit, you you, know, you hate to face this reality, but I mean Russell Gage, they can move on from him next year, and Mike Evans is also a free agent after the season, and he's not getting any younger. And while I don't think he's gonna go anywhere. You also need to just have it in the back of your mind, like life possibly without him. So Uh, eventually, uh, eventually he's not going to be on the team
1: (laughs) within the next three years. The Bucs are going to be in a position where they need a replacement for Mike Evans. And for now, Chris Godwin could be that replacement, but you don't know. Chris
0: Godwin, and Chris Godwin also only signed a three-year deal. He only has two years left on that deal. Right. So, so it's not like he signed now. up for the next five seasons. You know? Exactly. Two years from now, you may not
1: have Mike Evans on this team. Chris Godwin yeah. could be your last homegrown wide receiver you've got on this team
0: for a while. Yeah. So like I, I think they they need to address it, and I think they, they got the right guy with Trey Palmer. So, yeah, um, yeah my, my, my track record still still... Uh, a little little spotty with the wide receivers. Chris Godwin was a hit. I still think Tyler Johnson's good. Um Jalen Darden, though, no, that looks like a mess because mm. Tyler Johnson at least contributed as a wide receiver. Jalen Darden really didn't contribute as a wide receiver, even though I think he should have been given a little bit more opportunity as a wide receiver. Um he just, it wasn't good enough. So, uh, yeah, I am going to give this grade or actually, you know, it's your turn to go first. Sorry. I got to I got, I got ahead of myself. Though. No, it's all right. With all due respect
1: to Jalen Darden, it's a dirty game when you got Tom Brady as your quarterback in uh, his final season. So, you know, it is what it is as far as a lack of opportunity there. But going back to this draft pick in round six, Trey Palmer from Nebraska, I will give it a B plus. I do really like the pick. Uh, I like the value here because again, I did not expect Palmer to be available. And I think he can come in and compete right away. And and I think we'll see a pretty pretty damn entertaining battle for that last wide receiver spot between him and Devin Tompkins if those are the two names at the top of the list come July. But yeah, B-plus for me. What do you think here?
0: a hey it's an a it's an a for for the value here i mean i thought this guy would have been long gone by this point so it's an a and they it's at a position that i thought they needed to hit as well so that that's a bonus there are that gets you bonus points with me so um yeah i, I really really enjoyed this pick and uh i, I think it's going to work out pretty well for Tampa bay
1: All right, let's get to our final draft pick of the day. In round six, 196th overall from Eastern Michigan, edge rusher Jose Ramirez. Kind of an interesting player.
0: Not to be confused with the Cleveland Guardians third base. Right,
1: yes, yes. (laughs) Um, Kind of an interesting player. I believe had 12 sacks in his final season. and 20 and a half in his career, gosh played a little bit of every position from what I understand I mean this is a guy who hasn't really staked himself out as, as one position or the other I, I mean he's he, he's definitely
0: got a lot of bullet points next to his name from what people are saying about him he's just a Tasmanian devil out there I mean his his motor is just you know just relentless um he's just a guy who right off the snap is going be is gonna be trying to rush the passer with, with speed with power. Um, I was a little bit surprised that he was at this spot as well. So, I think they ended their their draft in a good way. They needed, you know, you you drafted Yaya Diaby, but I think you maybe needed some more depth there. Uh, Cam Gill, while he's back,
1: he's replaceable.
0: You know, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. at, like, at no
1: like, point has been uh, an impact player per se. Yeah.
0: So like, and like the re- one of the reasons that. The Bucks won the Super Bowl in 2020. And I believe John Spytek even said this. Like, one of the reasons they won the Super Bowl in 2020, and he also mentioned when he was with Denver in 2015, they won the Super Bowl. He was like, You just had so many people that could rush the quarterback. Like he mentioned in Denver, you know, Malik Jackson and uh Von Miller, and obviously those two are really high-end talents, but he mentioned like three other guys that they had, and then, and-, and, then, yeah, and then obviously and then yeah, then obviously, you know, with yeah, you know, with the Bucks, you had Shaq Barrett, and Aamir Katsuy, James Paul, Anthony Nelson. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talent there. So I think the Bucks wanted to restock that, and you just you can never have too many pass rushers. I'm never going to fault them for take, even if I don't love the player, I'm never going to fault them for taking a pass rusher because I just, I don't think you can never have enough. Like you you really can't. So um, I, and and if you're going to take a guy, I think you're going to have to take a guy that has the potential and explosiveness to possibly hit. And I think Jose Ramirez here, like he said, um, 20 and a half sacks in his career, 12 this past season He's got the explosiveness that they need, and obviously, like I said, that is the theme for Tampa Bay in this draft. And they ended out their draft with this pick, so um, I am going to give it a B plus. Uh, I, I like the, the selection here, and it was a solid way to to end the draft and add some more depth to a position in need. I'll give it a B. Um,
1: again, I like the move from a depth perspective. I like what Ramirez brings to the table, and I like that it's just another body that can potentially get after the quarterback. You know, the Bucs' strength on defense 2020, even 2019, 2021, not so much in 2022, but for a long time, it was having all those dogs on the defensive line who could make them the best run game in the NFL for all those years in a row, right? They obviously got away from that, and uh, they were still a pretty good defense in 2022, but you know, it the, you started, the, the,
0: the pass rush wasn't there.
1: Right. And and that was a big difference because you didn't have a pass rush that was good enough to make up for the drop off in the run game, losing the pieces that you did. So now that you're looking younger at that position, why not just load up on some dogs that can get after the QB? Because even with this defensive line at the best they were over the last few seasons, I would say. They still had tro- uh, trouble
0: yes. getting to yeah, the with, quarterback. With, with, just just with four, you know. Like I mean, it, let's they always let's, it always had to be a blitz. Let's like, look
1: at twenty twenty. That defense was great. They gave mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes hell in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But if Devin White did not have ten sacks that season, what would their sack total have been? Yeah,
0: like like you know their, what I mean. Their, like their their their, their four man rush was like yeah, like their four man rush hasn't been truly elite. I would say since like. 2002 like that was the last time I tr- truly think the Buccaneers could get home with just four like consistently like nowadays like even when yeah like they've had some good teams 2020 2021 you know 2022 wasn't as good but like they still struggled to rush the passer with four like it's just it's always something that they've struggled with and how hopefully and I think they realized that and it's uh, clear they realized that they, they selected three pass rushers like, and it doesn't even and, have and to re- so, so, Servusier so Dennis, I believe, had seven sacks in his career in his last yeah. season at Pittsburgh. So he's a guy that can rush the passer.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't even have to to show up in, in, in sack numbers, right? It doesn't even have to show up in an extra 5, 10, 15, maybe 20 sacks a year. It has to show up on game film when you look at why some of these offenses are coming into town and they are just throwing the ball all over the yard. And that's because nobody can pressure the quarterback at all. I mean, mm-hmm. for the longest time, we mentioned it before. We'll mention it again. That 2021 playoff game against the Rams—you know, for three and a half quarters, nobody could get to Matt Stafford. Nobody touched mm-hmm. him, and 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 that's been an issue for even the best Bucks teams that we have seen over the last couple of years. So, so I like this draft. I like the pick. I believe I gave it a B, if I'm not
0: mistaken. Yes. Yep. So that's the um, draft, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, and I, hey. I, 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 I have one take. And it, I, it's, I don't have the take bag, but it's just one take. When it's oh. one take, I don't do take back. Okay. All right. Okay. It sounds like a technicality because you forgot the bag again this week, but I'll let it slide. I, well, also, I couldn't find it, but still, okay. still can't find it. I will find it. But if not, I'll just have to make a new one, <laughs> which it, it involves a Sharpie and a brown paper bag. <laughs> yeah. You could have made a new one and here, <laughs> Hey,
1: here's the old one. I found it.
0: <laughs> me um, and everyone
1: else would have believed you.
0: Well, you just gave me an idea. Uh, so... Um, uh, undrafted free agent Sean Tucker out of Syracuse is the second best running back on the roster. So there's that. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I I wanted
1: to ask you before we actually wrap this pod up, uh, it's a huge list of undrafted free agents. We're not gonna yeah, sit here and break down yeah, we're not gonna sit here and break down every single guy, but you just mentioned the running back there. Any other players that really jump out to you that you didn't think would be available?
0: Um, I, I don't really know. Obviously, Cade Warner is cool. I I obviously I don't really I thought he'd be available, but like it's cool being, you know, Kurt Warner's son. Um, that that that's obviously pretty cool. Uh, Chris Murray, the offensive lineman from Oklahoma, was somebody I thought might get drafted. So uh, he's a guy uh, that I thought maybe, but like Sean Tucker, I thought for sure was going to be a a fifth or, or a sixth round pick, and pretty amazing that he was able to um, to last to that point. And don't get me wrong there's a reason he's undrafted. Like they, they know more than we do. Right. But, uh, yeah, I do like the, the the Sean Tucker thing. I think he's got a pretty good shot to make the team, especially, you know, I think they want to carry four running backs. And right now it's Rashad White, Chase Edmonds, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, and then question mark. Like, there's really not that, like, solidified fourth guy. Yeah, so, I mean, still- I think Sean Tucker has a pretty good shot to make the roster. Hey, and with Gio Bernard officially announcing his retirement
1: yeah. just last week, you know, do not rule out the possibility that the Bucks look to bring in another running back here in the second they wave could. of free agency. There are yeah. still guys out there. Um, I mean, I there's mean, not gonna, yeah, I was going to say there's not going to be a reunion <laughs> in Tampa, but Leonard Fournette uh, last time I checked is still a free agent running back. So, so curious to see what happens there with him. I and, mean, they're and, just, uh,
0: they're going to, they're going to fill two holes. They're going to get Leonard Fournette and Donovan Smith. <laughs> That's what it's gonna be. Um, Bring back uh, Donovan
1: I, Smith as a as a backup backup left tackle.
0: Yeah, and, and, and another on uh, draft one is Maryland wide receiver Raheem Jarrett. He's another guy that I thought might have been selected in a draft and wasn't. So, who have another chance to to make the roster here? So uh, I think there's there's going to be some opportunities here for some undrafted free agents to make this roster uh, this year because the Buccaneers have a lot of open spots now like we talked about those spots are not filled by veterans anymore yep. so there's going to be some opportunities and more opportunities than the last three seasons uh, for undrafted free agents to finally make that team and I, I know that a lot of people always love that you know they love the Adam Humphreys the the Cameron Brates you know the guys that are undrafted and, and make the team uh, and now you sort of getting back into that will it be wide open in every spot no like it'll be difficult to make it still at some spots but there will be some guys that will be able to impress enough to stick on the roster here and um which the past three seasons wasn't really the case yeah that that's what i'm most excited about coming away coming away from this
1: draft is the prospect of what these guys could become on the roster because again we, we talk about how they can contribute week one and that was a common theme when the Bucs were still fielding a Super Bowl roster is like, OK, well, you can measure this draft class on who's going to come in and contribute. But they have a much bigger opportunity now than they did over the last few seasons. And even the guys who have been on the team for a year, two years now still have room to grow. And uh, that's going to be interesting to watch as this Bucks team gets younger headed into 2023. But. That's the pod before we wrap things yeah, up.
0: I, I think you sort of want to go on the same route. I do. So.
1: Before we wrap things up, um, we'd be remiss if we didn't say anything at all. I, I don't want to get into too much detail because everyone knows everything they need to. It is an incredibly tragic story uh, surrounding Shaq Barrett and his family. Um, and I really don't even think there are words I could put together to to even try and wrap my head around how their family feels right now or just what they are possibly going through there's nothing i can say on this pod that's going to make anything better for anyone involved in that situation but i think we just do want to take a minute uh to express some some deep love and condolences and and thoughts and prayers and whatever it may be for shaq barrett and his family right now because i mean it's just an incredibly sad story and um obviously sending all of our our thoughts and love over to uh, over to that family.
0: Yeah. um, An unspeakable tragedy. Uh, Just like you said, there's, there's not, you know, there's not words, you know, there, there's nothing that we can say on this podcast right now. There's nothing that anybody can say right now that's going to help. Um, but, you know, what we can do is be there in support um, and and bring as much support as you possibly can in the most difficult time in Shaq Barrett's life, probably. So um, just uh, a sad, sad tragedy and a really sad day. And, uh, you know, I, I hope... Everything you know, the entire Barrett family is is okay, and and I hope they can you know somehow you know find find the 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 light in this because it's it's very hard, and and that is um that is that is so incredibly tragic, and yeah, just like you said, want to go out, you know, our hearts go out to the entire Barrett family and anybody affected by this.
1: Yeah, and and love the ones around you, man. Um, you know, I know some people may think it sounds corny, and it's not the tough thing to say, but uh nothing cares, is man. nothing is guaranteed you know nothing nothing at all is guaranteed I mean we, we've obviously lost some people over the past couple of years that we still think about day in and day out um you know was missing Mark Cook a lot this week talking about the yes. draft and even like even everyone's reaction to the Cody mock pick was man oh, I love it, loved it man. I, yeah. you know getting another ginger badass on this team <laughs> would have been awesome to get some reinforcements down there in the locker room for Cookie and we always think about him but yeah, if you love someone, let them know. And uh with that being said, every single person listening right now, we love you guys and we appreciate you taking the time to listen to just two jabronis talk about Buccaneers football. Um, we've been doing this now for going into our seventh season, which is insane. Um, so we have appreciated you guys giving us support along every step of the way, and uh, we love you for it. So this is a close knit community. Everybody in Tampa Bay has each other's back, obviously, and uh As of right now, sending all of our love and best wishes to Shaq Barrett and his family. But ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us over the last hour or so. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Bucks news as it happens. Speaking of Tampa Bay news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, where he just rolled out some fancy new graphics and a nice facelift for the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. I know you have got the draft grades, which people can check out if they want to get some more in-depth details on what we talked about here today. But you have anything else in the hopper this week?
0: Well, I have another one that uh, uh, actually released uh, today. Uh, It is looking at the rest of the uh, the division uh, and ranking the Buccaneers, Panthers, Saints, Falcons, uh, ranking each draft class. So um, if for by some chance you are a Panthers, Saints, or Falcons fan listening to this, go ahead and check that out on BucksNation.com. so you can get my thoughts on how your team did, how your class was, uh, as well as a little bit more on the Buccaneers. So I have that up on BucksNation.com right now. Good
1: stuff. Be on the lookout. And last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T. A K U S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. But once again, that's the show. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We will talk to you next week with more Tampa Bay Buccaneers news and updates. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Rick Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll catch you in the next one. Until then, and as always, go Bucks.